Yeah. And sometimes I'll just like walk into like, I don't know, like you said, like one man's trash is another's treasure. And I, it makes you think more creatively instead of just like walking into like a craft store and grabbing canvases. Mm -hmm. Like I like walking through like a thrift store and being like, what can I turn into a piece of art? Like what can I paint on? And I found some like interesting little things over the years. And those are some of my favorite pieces because they're so unique in comparison (laughs) to everything else. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Feeding Curiosity. I'm your host, Eric Wenzel, as always. Feeding Curiosity is a podcast that explores the precarity of human experience, and we challenge ourselves to think, question, and synthesize. It is our hope through conversation, we provide blueprints for others to learn and lead a more fulfilling life. Our guest today is Britt Parla. Britt is a Chicago-based visual artist. Her main artistic mediums include, but not limited to, abstract fluid painting, drawing, and graphic design. Her goal is to continually create original and innovative works of art that evoke a sense of wonder and interconnectedness in others. Her artistic style is influenced by the science of color theory, mother nature, street art, abstract impressionism, as well as the art of the 1960s counterculture movement. You can find Britt Parler showcasing her art at various venues and art exhibitions around Chicago. In this conversation is extremely wide-ranging. We cover where Brit's entering of the creative space and as a creative person how it is at once a medium of was where you are introspective but also connecting to others. And through this we kind of work how she enters her flow state and what it means for her to create. And through this entire conversation there's lots of laughs and a lot of fun interconnections between how she creates and how I create this podcast. And it was really fun to not only go out and travel with the podcast to her house to to explore this, as well as just connecting with her over this medium that she cares so much about. And so with that, everyone, please enjoy this conversation with Britt Parla. Welcome back to another episode of Feeding Curiosity. And today's episode, we're joined by Britt Parla. Hi. Hey, <laughs> this is a long time coming. Like, we've been going back and forth for like, I don't know, six months or something? June, I think, yeah. yeah. It's been a while, and this is, I don't know, it's been kind of fun. Like, I don't know, for me, probably like a year ago, I, I saw like your artwork and you had you on Instagram and stuff. I'm like, I really just got to reach out and just get you on the show because yeah. there's a lot of people who, you know, say they're artists or want to be artists, but don't follow through. I guess that's most people in general don't follow through. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so it, I don't know. I just thought it was cool. And you're actually doing stuff and doing a lot more stuff in the last like three to four months. Yeah. It's so. kind of almost better that we waited. Cause I feel like a lot of interesting things have happened in the mm-hmm. past few months. <laughs> yeah. So before we get there, let's, yeah. let's like roll it way back. And mm-hmm. like, where did this all start? Like, did, were you always the art kid? Mm, I always was interested in art in some form whether it was like drawing or photography that's kind of where it started i always found myself gravitating towards creative creativity Mm -hmm. it really started for me when i was younger i i creative writing was huge for me i started taking like journalism classes in high school which obviously isn't very creative but there still is like something creative that goes into it Mm -hmm. and as like a sophomore or freshman in high school i thought that that was my passion Um, and i wanted to figure out what types of classes i could take in order to better benefit that Mm -hmm. and so then i was uh, i was introduced to 
photography classes, which I had already knew that I wanted to take, as well as graphic design. Mm -hmm. Um, And things kind of went crazy from there. (laughs) I fell in love with graphic design and making things out of nothing, you Mm -hmm. know, and eventually I kind of dropped, not dropped writing, but dropped that idea of writing Mm -hmm. and evolved into art, digital art specifically, as well as some physical forms. That was what I went to college for. I went to college for graphic design. Mm -hmm. I did one semester as a film major, but that that didn't (laughs) didn't work. That wasn't me. And then, yeah, eventually, you know, it's tough being behind a computer all day doing graphic design. Um, And I wanted to kind of get in touch with my more like physical art roots. Mm -hmm. And I was drawing a lot. And one night, one of my best friends and I were talking while we were drawing and we were talking about this type of painting essentially and she really wanted to try it and the type of painting was like acrylic pouring so we were like watching like a video on it and like we're studying these artists and Mm -hmm. eventually like (laughs) things just kind of went from there we were both (laughs) doing it for a minute and both like learning together about the process and people started responding really well to it and I got a lot of like positive encouragement so I just kind of went with it and now we're like two and a half years down the line <laughs> wow just slowly just building it up yeah just kind of like hey this seems like a fun thing to do right and- it was unexpected and like not my original intention with art but it's opened a lot of doors for me in a really positive mm-hmm. way so it's been good that's interesting so yeah it's, so it's only like a two and a half year project mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. which see this is this is what always like drives me crazy about this stuff like people our age you know in their early 20s or high or college age mm-hmm. it there seems to be this perception that you have to have everything kind of figured out or know where you're headed or mm-hmm. at least be like all right i'll do this for i don't know a couple years and then i'll go on to the next thing mm-hmm. the more i do all this stuff it's like the less it's like oh no it's just like hey you just kind of say yes to something that yeah. seems interesting to you and you just keep saying yes to it over you know months and then it turns into years mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it just keeps growing into something and you're just like I don't know what I'm doing but I'm just doing something right (laughs) yeah it's wild how like it does work like that I don't know I like I said like it wasn't what I had planned on doing Mm -hmm. but it just has worked a lot and has I don't I just needed something different and I think just like that willingness to expand and to explore Mm -hmm. impacted me positively as an artist and like as an overall person I feel like there's been a lot of like personal growth within the last two years because of it as well. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I do resonate with that. Like, I guess one of the questions would be like, it, for you is creating like, especially because it's physical, like paintings mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Does that give you a sense of ownership? Because it's, you're responsible for everything you do, right? Like yeah. not even before you now choosing to sell something is completely different, mm-hmm. but well, not completely different, but it's it helps be like ownership, take ownership of something. Cause I think we yeah. feel like we're small. Absolutely. No, it's great. I feel like it does give me like kind of an edge. Like I have something interesting to like talk about and I can physically like show people what I'm working on and it helps me feel more connected to other people. Mm -hmm. I find myself putting myself out there and reaching out to and trying to start conversations (laughs) with like other artists just because we have this simple thread that like might not have anything to do with each other in common. Yeah. And I just... 
I really like that. It's really fun. Like I meet yeah. a lot of interesting people and I meet people that I look up to like on a regular mm-hmm. basis and it just blows my mind that I'm here right now yeah. sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did own that one. It's yeah. crazy. Like, yeah. Oh, I, ownership. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, just like, yeah. you know, just looking back and like, how did I get here? But yeah. yeah, like I think too, the the fun thing is like the community aspect of it, right? When you mm-hmm. choose to do something, you you inadvertently embed yourself into a community. Mm-hmm. And I think art is one of those good things where we – it does have a very good grassroots, very similar to music, right? Like we, we have this really sense of interconnection where people, it can be a little in-groupy, but also too, where it's like someone else sees someone and it's like, we're all starting from our own starting points and you mm-hmm. can build each other up and be like, hey, this person's doing great things too, right? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if you found that or it seems like you have to some degree yeah. because I've seen <laughs> some of the shows you've gone to and locally, which is yeah. really cool. I, I owe a lot of where... I'm at right now to the people that are around me and just like the artistic community that exists where I'm at right Mm now. I don't know. I just, I, when I was younger, I used maybe, I don't know, but when I was younger, maybe I used to be more like threatened by people who were like really successful Mm -hmm. and who I thought were doing something really positive. And now like, I don't view people like that as a threat. (laughs) I'm not sure like what had changed, but I just, I enjoy like cheering people on and like building a community and creating this sense of, you know, like support with other people that are kind of on the same page as me. It's, it's just why, why push your way to the top when you could bring other people there with you? Yeah. I mean, it's, I think that's like, maybe that's a newer paradigm that's coming up, but I think that's like part of it is like, just because you are like, there's, I guess, what am I thinking of? It's there's the zero sum game. That's the the idea of it. It's like an economic term. Basically, it's like if your competitor steal, they're stealing possible people from you. Mm-hmm. But in reality, there's more than enough room around for yeah. other people. And it's like I, that's what I think is really fun for me doing this podcast because like even though I'm doing the podcast, I get to highlight and show what other people are doing in their own lives, and also like show a deeper side of them that people who already resonate with that person yeah. can get a, like a little bit deeper insight because they only have like a little nugget of mm-hmm. like that or a little slice of who that person is to them. You yeah. know, they get their, you know, the end product usually. So it's just, I think it, for me, it's like highlighting other people is really just the goal. Yeah, In absolutely. general, it's like just being like, hey, everyone else is following something. Yeah, I get, I, a really big example of that is like I do a lot of, I participate in a lot of like group art shows and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And you know, sometimes there are people there who have work that like is pretty similar to yours or mm-hmm. you guys are on like the same, you know, path or there's people who are like completely different than what you what you bring to the table. And I. The contrast is really positive in mm-hmm. in my opinion, and also like you might bring something to the table that someone else doesn't and rather than you know, seeing that as a bad thing, you can see it as something really positive. Whereas it's not, it's not competition. It's, you know, you just want the best for everyone at the end of the day. Yeah. You just, you want people to succeed because you want to succeed, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, I I think about the same way with podcasts myself. It's like, I think about, I I know I listen to them, but I also think about trying to look to people that I look up to within the space and be like, okay, well, how, how can I learn to like ask better questions or, you know, stuff like that, where you look at, I think it'd be cooler to look, look at someone else and be like, even though we're maybe equals, right. Mm-hmm. Instead of looking at it as competition, you could be like, so how do you get to your end product? Like what is your process behind it? You know, yeah. I think that's because you can like finally 
either finely tune, like, instead of, like, attacking each other because it's like, oh, we do the same thing. Yeah. Like, back up off my territory. Oh, oh my gosh. I would never do that. I know, you, I know you wouldn't. But, <laughs> but, I mean, it's, like, the uh, two sides of the same coin, right? Yeah. Where some people would be, like, attacking, like, oh, I'm better than them. Like, yeah. they're doing my thing. But, like, who cares? Instead, like, how can you learn from that, you know? Yeah. Like, how can you learn from what they're doing? Or, you know, I just, it doesn't have to be competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plain and simple. Yeah, plain and simple. There doesn't have to be competition. Be each other's cheerleaders because we need it, you know? Like, I don't know. We need to put each other on the map, yeah. <laughs> essentially. I mean, I think we're in a... I don't know if you can talk about this, but, like, communities, like, within... Because we're in Chicago, and mm-hmm. so you're, you're here with this, like, grassroots side of things and, mm-hmm. you know, basically craft where you're building something, you know, with either small teams or an individual most of the time, probably. Yes. And, and you have this really i wouldn't call it niche but it's like specific like you could probably find something similar at some like online vendor somewhere Mm -hmm. but you know you're you're coming to someone like you for a different reason Mm -hmm. right i don't know if you could unpack that or anything like that yeah well like what like what would be like the the reason someone would go for like a smaller like local artist or something like that oh because when you're supporting local art you're supporting someone's dream essentially you know what i mean it's not like a giant corporation it's one person up late at night working on stuff to to try to you know beautify the world a little bit Mm -hmm. i think that's really important and i don't know someone like me personally like i'm trying to break away from like working a a day job and i i would love to try to make a full-time career out of this and every single like purchase or like back like pat on the back or (laughs) word of encouragement that like helps me get one step closer to that you know it's not all like about the financial aspect of it either it's just like independence yeah i guess yeah exactly exactly independence yeah because i i don't know it just to me it's like when you think about these things it's like you know, you, there's a million and one reasons why not to do it, right? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, <laughs> just, yeah. Just from like, for all of the logical reasons, yeah. right? <laughs> but but when you stop and think about it, it's like, what is the purpose of doing, like pursuing anything that just, like you'll, cho- like we were talking before, it's like you yeah. choose to do this even on your free time, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's that shows a certain distinction at where, where it comes from within you to want to do this. Yeah, I mean... Why not? (laughs) (laughs) Why not? (laughs) You know, I mean, I would rather like fail and at least say that I tried and I put my best Mm -hmm. forward than to have not tried at all and to live the rest of my life wondering what if. This could all... Jeff Bezos said the same thing for starting Amazon, by the way. Well, please don't compare me to Amazon. (laughs) I'm not. I walk by foot to the post office with my packages for people. <laughs> I don't have elves that drive around the city delivering for me. Anyways, <laughs> but really, like, <laughs> not, not to put you in a spot. No, it's it yeah. more of just like th- that's the true thing about this, though. It's, it's like, true. It's like you true. have to. You have to try. You have to ask yourself, like, would would I regret not doing this for the rest of my life? Like, yeah. would, you, would you like? If you're a grandparent one day and you told, you know, your grandkids something like, oh, yeah, I had this opportunity. I chose not to take it. And I regret that. Like, I don't want to be another one of those people, like, right. like another one of those stories. Like I want to be I want my kids to be like pulling my grandkids up to my gallery and strollers <laughs> one day. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't want to be that person. Like I just amazing things happen when you start like putting yourself out there. Mm-hmm. And that was a really 
big struggle and I still struggle with it sometimes. I you feel know? like everybody who's like borderline on the artist spectrum of things yeah. where, where they, because they don't do it for like personal gain or like to prop their ego up mm-hmm. in any way, it, it, they feel disingenuous by reaching out because I feel the same way. Yeah. And you know, not everyone is going to respond positively to it and mm-hmm. That's not for you to worry about. I mean, you can't control what other people think, right? No, and as long as you can, like, put fear and put all those thoughts on the back burner, even for a second, just to do it, then, you know, crazy things start happening. So how do you get past, like, the fear and the doubt and all that stuff? Like, any of the roadblocks that get in the way? Sometimes I'll run things past, like, family members, you know, before, like, officially jumping into something. Whether it's, like, a project or, like, I did it the other day with stickers I want to print. Like, it can be (laughs) mundane, you know? There are encouragement from the people around me really help. And Mm -hmm. when I don't feel like reaching out, just, like reaching within myself is helpful too, you know, just thinking like, what's the worst that can happen? The worst that can happen is that, you know, nothing will happen essentially. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it's not like there's going to be an adverse reaction that's like terrible or like life threatening, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, yeah, (laughs) there's no, there's no harm in just trying. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's just life right there, mm-hmm. right? Like, sometimes you just got to take your shot and then see yeah. where it lands. And... If you miss, you miss. Like, oh, well. Try again. <laughs> Try again. <laughs> exactly. Any specific, like, routines within your art, like, to get yourself... Maybe... So, let's see. Paint the picture. If you're, like, middle of a project and you kind of have, like, writer's block, but for artists... <laughs> I don't know what... Is that, is that artist yeah, block? Yeah, no, that... artist block. That's what I refer okay. to it as. I wasn't sure. I don't think I'm... I made that up. I'm sure it exists. It probably exists, but I, I didn't think about it. I'm like, I'm like, that has to be a thing because yeah. it probably is a thing. It's <laughs> real. I was actually ironically just speaking uh, to somebody about this yesterday. They kind of reached out because they're struggling a little bit with artist block. And it made me really like dig in and like think about like, what are the things that I do? Mm-hmm. First of all, I don't give up <laughs> because, you know, I've, I've, there's some, I don't know if it's momentum or what, but there's something happening right now and I need to keep like pushing mm-hmm. through. So if I'm, you know, like say I've been like painting for like a couple hours and I'm like feeling stuck or like don't want to keep going, but I have to because of I have a commission due or something mm-hmm. like that. There are like just silly things that I'll do. Like sometimes it's as simple as like a walk around the neighborhood or I like keep a hula hoop in my studio. <laughs> Which, <laughs> I don't know. That's just like something fun for me to just, mm-hmm. it's like it's physical movement. It like takes me out of like my headspace for a second and yep. it's just like freeing in that sense. Honestly, sometimes you're pretty stationary like while you're painting and like really honing in on small details. So doing something like physical that feels like big, you know, helps. So that's a good one. In times where I feel like I can't create like at all, like Mm -hmm. I just like wake up and I'm like, no, I can't do this. Sometimes I'll do things that just pertain to creativity, whether it's like- Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. It it, it gives me that sense of like fulfillment and that sense of productivity while I may not be putting a paintbrush to canvas. Mm -hmm. So a really big one for me is like cleaning my studio as weird as that sounds. I just feel like freshening it up and like shifting the energy in there can kind of help me be more productive and it it forces me into that space. So that's, I found that to be really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, just reorganizing things. I'll move things around. I don't know. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a really common thing for people who have workshops, not yeah. just like artists, but like workshops for like machine shops or things like that. They, they usually say like, 
leave the day, like leave your workshop how you saw it in the morning. Mm-hmm. So meaning it's clean when you get there and it's clean in the yeah. morning because it's like your brain. Like you're, you come in every day with a clean slate mm-hmm. to create something new. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It, it fosters that sense of like, I want to create after mm-hmm. I see that I have a clean space, whether mm-hmm. instead of it being a complete mess and not wanting to like move things around, you know? Yeah. 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 That's super cool. I yeah. like that a lot. It's really similar to a lot of these tinkery type people and things like that. Yeah. For projects, like, do you ever leave them, like, ha- finished? Like, you'll, like... Mm, unfinished? Yeah, like, lo- yeah. like look at them. Like, I don't know where else to take this. Like, I'll just put it off to the side and come back to it. Yeah. Sometimes that comes from a space of, like, me working on something for a long time and not liking it (laughs) like oh i just put so much time and energy into it and i don't like the way that it Mm -hmm. is right now so sometimes the best thing for me to do is to step away from a project Mm -hmm. and that has been like a thing that has been learned because (laughs) if i hadn't learned that Mm -hmm. like there i would have worked on things for like hours on end tirelessly and like wouldn't have stopped and you know like would have burnt myself out Mm -hmm. so sometimes the best thing to do is to just kind of step away from things like gather myself you know, and then once I freshen up my perspective a little bit and kind of go back into it, you kind of see it with a new set of eyes, like with fresh eyes, you mm-hmm. know, sometimes you just need to step away for a minute. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it sounds really similar to writing for me. Cause like I, I'll do writing and things like that where I'll be like really into it and I'll get it done or something. And I'm like, I don't know what's to write here, but it doesn't feel done. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of let it sit for as long as it needs to sit. Yeah, exactly. And then eventually it'll, like, it'll just be a stroke of inspiration. Yeah, it'll come back yeah. and be like, oh, it's time to finish this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> long story short, I will. I absolutely will leave things unfinished if I have to, but mm-hmm. I won't leave them unfinished forever. Like I will go back and finish Oh yeah, finish so you've them. never actually like completely just- I mean, not never, <laughs> but, well, <laughs> but I try not to. I'm just curious like if, you, if you've ever like had something where I mean, obviously, you've thrown things away because you've yeah, messed up, but of it's course. more of like you've gotten something almost done and you're just like, nope, this is just needs to be done. Over. Yeah, sometimes there are moments where you just need to know when to quit when it's mm-hmm. just not going to happen. I also have this like bin in my studio that is filled with paintings that just didn't quite work out the way that I oh, wanted cool. them to. And sometimes like I'll just reach in there and I'll just straight up paint over them. Mm-hmm. But uh, other times, like honestly, within the past couple of months, I've started painting things over them. <laughs> like not not um, necessarily like altering it entirely like a new painting but like mm-hmm. adding to it embellishing it yeah. uh, in a sense and that makes me feel good because it makes me feel it doesn't make me feel wasteful and you're making something beautiful out of something that you might not have liked before mm-hmm. which is a good feeling I think too. that's really cool being able to kind of it's, it's basically taking your, your, in quotation marks, your failures, right? And mm-hmm. turning them into extra practice. Yeah. That's a really cool way of doing it. Because a lot of times people look at that, like someone would look at that bin and be like, oh my God, there's a bin of all of my mistakes. Yeah. And hold that over themselves. No, like, oh my a, like, you know, like, like nails in a coffin. Yeah. <laughs> but instead you've, you've been able to reframe it in a way so that you can go back to it and be like, okay, maybe this didn't work out how exactly I wanted to, but there's room to to do something to it. It doesn't matter what it is so that you can make it learn from it at the very least. Exactly. It's also funny because sometimes people will come over and look through that bin and like take things home out of it because they like it. And sometimes I struggle with that (laughs) because it's like not up to my standard. But at the same time, it's like if that does something for someone, then like they should have it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. It's all up to perspective. (laughs) Yeah. That's so weird. So I guess here's the other thing. Since, you know, with social media, you can have direct connection to the people who enjoy your art. Mm -hmm. Um, 
do people send you messages that are different than even the idea that you had about pieces or like their own interpretation yeah. of things? Oh my gosh. One of my favorite things, <laughs> it doesn't happen as much on social media as it does when like I'm presenting my work in some sort of like mm-hmm. exhibition sense, whether it be a craft fair or an art show. But I love, I absolutely love hearing because it is abstract, you know, right. abstract art is up for interpretation entirely. And I love that about it. So it's just really interesting to hear how like I'll find little pictures in the paintings and like someone else will see something entirely different or I'll have like biologists come up to me and be like, oh, this looks like cell work I was working on. Whoa. Or like, yeah, it, <laughs> it's really cool to hear what people, you know, will crack it up to, like whether it's something they've seen in nature or mm-hmm biology like i said it's 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 that's weird yeah it's cool and like sometimes i will have a painting like standing up like say horizontally for Mm -hmm. example and i'm like that's the way it's intended to be looked at blah 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 i'll give it to somebody they'll send or like you know someone will buy it from me they'll send me a picture of it when it's in their house and it's oriented completely differently (laughs) like not that's not like a bad thing but it's just like interesting that that is how they chose they they chose to present it and honestly sometimes it that is the way that it should have been done, but I just didn't see it that way, you know? That's super interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's like, it reminds you of, like, without a, like, a book isn't a book until it has a reader, right? Yeah. Without art, it does it's, unless it has a viewer, then it's not anything. Exactly. <laughs> it's just how I perceive it. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. I yeah. think that's really interesting. I, w- I would never have thought of that, but, because, you know, we always think of, like, the... I guess we get bogged down on like what is the like it's supposed to mean yeah. a lot of times like in not just mm-hmm. art in general but like a lot of times you just it's t- get an idea or definition of something and say this is what it is yeah and we are too fixed absolutely that I, it's actually funny you, you bring that up that's why I feel like this style of painting was huge for me in general like I said before what I had gone to college for was graphic design graphic design is like all details you are literally zoomed in on pixels you know what i mean like it's it's wild and it's like it can be really draining and there's a lot that goes into it and ultimately it's control you have complete control over what you're working on when you're graphic design when you're doing something with graphic design with the style of painting some of it is is you can alter it but a lot of it is just kind of left up to chance. And like granted, while I like learn more about it and experiment more with it, I I can learn how to alter it the way that I need to. But coming into it, that loss of control was huge and truly like beneficial for me. Mm -hmm. It taught me a lot as an artist about how to let go and how to just like kind of leave things up to chance in a good way, in a good way. Yeah, I mean, that's a really, that's actually a psychological framework people use for performance, mm. uh, understanding what you can control. And all we can control is our thoughts, words, and actions. Yeah. You know, and how you respond to a situation, but you can't control anything else. Mm-hmm. It's, it's how you show up, not like how someone perceives you. It's, yeah. You know, what you're doing is, is training yourself to, you know, control what you can actually affect in, in the simplest terms. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting that you're able to talk about it in that way because, it, yeah. because a lot of people, that's where anxiety comes from. But love for a lot of people is we get stuck and thinking about things we can't control yeah <laughs> and, and trust me i feel like, yeah, <laughs> I, mean, it, I mean it's it's a, it's a normal thing for all of us yeah. to feel but it's a whether or not you can actually kind of keep it in, in check mm-hmm. one of the things that i would really like to talk about too is like we were talking about all of these things with art making or creating something mm-hmm. it comes down to like a sense of like presence right like you're in like flow mm-hmm. when you're doing it so does does that happen to you like often yes like almost daily probably <laughs> yeah <laughs> It's weird. I, I sometimes don't even notice it just because it, it, it's kind of, it's second nature at this point. But 
it has weirdly become kind of a meditative thing for me. I find myself like tapping into my flow state a lot when I am painting. I'll have something on my mind and I'll start painting. And sometimes it's not completely like unconscious. Like I am consciously like thinking through whatever it is that's like ailing me at that time. Mm -hmm. And I found that to be really positive. Like I'll look at a piece and be like, ooh, I remember like what I was going through at the time of making that, you know? And it's not always bad. And there are other times where like I am completely in the flow state where I'm not in my head and I just. I'll look up at the clock and it's like six hours later. Like, how have I been painting for six hours? That's wild. Like, I haven't um, even drank anything in six yeah, hours. Yeah, right? Like, I'm a little dehydrated right now. But I was really productive. You're like, but wow, I got something done. Yeah, exactly. That's crazy. That's yeah. so much fun. Like, I, I, I feel like I've really... I don't really notice it a lot of the times when it happens. But it, it, for myself, it's like something will happen or... I'll just be like, oh, I should probably have gone to sleep by now. And then mm-hmm. if I look at the clock and I'm like, I should really have gone to sleep by now because yeah. I have work in the morning, right? It's exactly. Like, it's like the, I don't know, it's a weird balance because we both have, you know, our own full-time jobs. You got to make a living somehow. And yeah. all of a sudden, every all of your other ounces of free time. Mm-hmm. More by the way, I just went to part-time at my job and that's a oh, really big accomplishment what? for me right now. <laughs> yeah. Unpack that yeah. before my question. Okay, cool. cool. Okay, don't forget your question. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I've been at the same job for a couple, a while now. And I just felt like it was starting to get in the way. It was just getting in the way. It wasn't, I was found myself being there and just wishing I was at home painting. And I kind of got creative and found a way to work remotely a couple ta- like couple days a week. And so now I have a lot more free time. Wow. I only have to be like out of the house at this job at like, you know, three days a week usually. Mm-hmm. And then I have the other days of the week to focus on art, which puts a lot of pressure on me because like I do, you know, there was a a financial change. Granted, yes, I do have the opportunity to work remote now. So there is a source of income coming from there, but it also pushes me to, to pursue my art further and to try to profit from it, which Mm -hmm. is like, it's scary, but it's, it feels good. I feel like you have to do that to some degree. It's like, you kind of have to pull the, the, because like if you have the safety net all the time, Mm -hmm. then you're not going to take it seriously enough to push it into the next evolution, whatever exactly. that turns into Exactly. It was working, but it wasn't working well enough. And I knew that there was higher potential for the situation. And mm-hmm. I'm really glad that I finally did pull the plug because now I do feel myself being a lot more productive and in terms of art and mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. So do you pretend like, like, okay, if, if art, creating art was my job, like, do you do that to yourself? Because I do that to myself with the podcast. No, I mean, it just is. It just, yeah. I don't know how to explain it. It just is part of my life now. And there's like certain time that's dedicated to it. Yeah. And yeah, I don't really think of it as a job because it's, I'm yeah, still I, I mean, I'm it. saying job in quotes. Yeah. yeah I, I, but for me, at least personally, cause like I, I do the same thing, like on my off days, I'm like, okay, this is like my podcast day. I'm like, yeah. Even, oh, absolutely. Like, even though it's like my, my off day, like I'm going to pretend like as if this was, yeah. if I, if I, I don't have off days. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That doesn't exist. <laughs> uh, what are off days? Like, this is my vacation day. No. I've done more on my vacation day than I've done. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And you know, I don't know. I say that I'm working part-time now, but maybe I'm putting in more work overall (laughs) than I was before because I... In actual productive hours? Yeah, in terms of, like, art because I'm creating far more now. (laughs) Yeah, I bet. (laughs) In a good way. That's awesome. Yeah. So to kind of back out a little bit of just the creative outlets, Mm -hmm. 
you know, we're you've invited me here to your home, which I don't normally get to do. I don't get to do podcasts in people's places, cool. which is this <laughs> half of the fun is being able to explore and He's take out a, in the wild. Yeah, take, <laughs> yeah, seriously, like take a microphone out to places and be like, okay, let's just talk about what you do. Like this place is a creative paradise. Not gonna lie, <laughs> like this is a place that you could easily come into here and be like, all right, I'm just gonna go create something. <laughs> I love that. And people do feel that way. And we do invite people over to mm-hmm. create. So it's good to hear that. Yeah, it, it really does. So I don't know if you want to explain any of the stuff in the room. Or like, yeah. Um, you walk into the front room of the apartment and it's like our living room, but it's also my boyfriend's home studio. We have, I'm looking at a very old, like 1970s organ, as well as like a new keyboard speakers and a bunch of musical equipment that I don't understand. <laughs> not your domain of creativity. No, no. Um, there's not much white space on our walls no. because we are avid. I just love supporting other artists and mm-hmm. being able to hang up art in our house. And then the back of the apartment, which should be a dining room, <laughs> is my art studio. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. It's yeah. like, it's supposed to be a dining room, but it's not. It's not. <laughs> Our sunroom is a dining room. I don't know. We make it work. Hey, no one said a room is supposed to be something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's, that's fun. I, yeah. I, I think it's really cool to be able to create your own space. Yeah. Um, I feel like for a lot of us, creating the environment which you live in is also like a mapping of how your brain works. Mm-hmm. So like you have different rooms for different things to yeah. do in that. Or at least that's how I envision it. No, absolutely. And sometimes that is interesting, especially like for... His name is Trevor. That's my boyfriend. Oh. (laughs) That's so weird. But it can be a little weird for him because the room that functioned as his studio Mm -hmm. also functions as a space of relaxation. Mm -hmm. And we have talked about that at times. And we have, like, a cover for our TV. Like, we will literally, like, cover our television so that, like, you know, there just aren't any, like, distractions. So it's interesting having these spaces in our home that have multiple functions i couldn't agree more with that because like i literally have like one computer that's like my my like basically fuck off computer Mm -hmm. like i can play video games on that computer and do everything and then like the laptop that we're recording on and stuff Mm -hmm. that usually lives with like the rest of my recording equipment like it doesn't leave that little corner yeah and it's like i two way two different whole head spaces when i walk from one computer to the next and it's like only a couple dozen steps yeah it's so weird like the simplest thing that can snap you in and out of focus yeah and i feel like part of it can be like kind of ritualistic too like there Mm -hmm. are certain things that he'll do to prep his space and me as well in my space to be like okay you know turn off that whatever the other function is and Mm -hmm. turn on you know the sense of creativity yeah is there anything like you do like music wise or something that will generate the the like sense of like, okay, now it's time to work. Like me personally? Yeah, just out of curiosity. In terms of like what I listen to? Yeah, like oh, if you yeah. have a specific music yeah, or definitely. some sort of ritual that you do, like, you know, you have to turn on yeah. the lighters. I don't know how to do <laughs> Absolutely. No, oh my gosh, it's so funny that you bring up lighting because like lighting is huge for both of us in this home. Oh. I don't know if you can, I, I don't know. There's no there's a lot of lights. There's yeah. no overhead lights though. Like that's never oh, a I thing. Didn't even <laughs> I didn't even notice that part. Yeah. So setting like the lighting is so ideal. We have these like light strips up here that's one and we have one in our studio as Mm -hmm. well that you can like control the brightness on it Mm -hmm. so yeah setting the lighting is essential especially in my studio because depending on what i'm working on i might need bright light Mm -hmm. or something that's easier on the eyes so the lighting is 
first. I love creating during the day though when I don't have to worry about lights. Like natural sunlight <laughs> is my favorite. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, music is also really important. However, there are days where I, if I'm really like going through something or really trying to like process something, it's rare, but I just won't turn on music and I'll just work. And those are oftentimes the most interesting <laughs> creative like periods for me. And then, you know, mm. that won't last for forever. Maybe it'll just be like an hour of creating that way and then I'll turn on music. Yeah. But yeah, sometimes I just need to like zero in on what I'm doing and focus. Yeah. Like there's points where I'll be like, I'm like, like whatever I'm listening to, like if I'm listening to something like a podcast, mm -hmm. if I'm focusing on something else, I have to turn off the other person's words because they get in the way of my own yeah. thoughts. And then sometimes I'll go to music, usually, mm -hmm. usually metal melodic, like no yeah. like lyrics or anything. Mm -hmm. A lot of like That's interesting. like tender the, the Spotify playlist. Yeah, it's a lot of like lo-fi. Is but you, but you're like listening to something while else while yeah, you're doing usually, that. that I, makes sense it instrumental kind of makes more sense yeah it usually bl blocks out like the other outside distractions that mm -hmm. usually would interrupt me yeah but what'll happen if i'm really into it mm -hmm. i have to turn off everything yeah because even that feels like it's taking away something <laughs> interesting yeah sometimes i feel like it's almost the opposite for me it's like if i'm Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> it depends on the day. Yeah, it depends on the day and the mood. But regardless, I really love listening to music while mm -hmm. I create. And I feel like the type of music that I'm listening to can impact the way that I'm working. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I'll need to like listen to something <clears throat> that feels very like emotional and it's kind of mm -hmm. like heavy. Or sometimes I'll just be like bopping around listening to hip hop. Like, yeah, I know that feeling too. <laughs> you know, it just, it's a Music is very emotional. Yeah, it is. And I, I feel like I'm the type of person that it impacts pretty heavily. So I so. have actually a really fun story you're going to resonate with. Okay. Um, when it comes to music and creating. Mm -hmm. So I was listening to my friend Jordan Chris, and I know you're a big fan, is a mm -hmm. big fan of Tosh Sultana. Mm -hmm. And um, <laughs> yes. so he had told me, like, we had a podcast and he's like, dude, you got to listen to her. I just saw her live. She's fantastic. Just listen to this song. And I think mm -hmm. it was Blackbird. Mm, that song is so crazy. And, and he's like, he's like, like, it's like a 12 string guitar. Yeah. Don't quote me on that. And but he, something like that. And it's wild. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, he's like, the, the recorded version doesn't do it justice because she plays it differently every time she does it live. Mm -hmm. And everyone has its like own little thing. He sent me that song and I started listening to that entire album, Flow State, just mm -hmm. like on repeat for Ironic, my, yeah. yeah. That's one of my know, favorite I, ironically, to listen to when I create. I, that's why I was doing it, because I was like, ooh, Flow State? I'm, <laughs> I'm like, right there I'm like reading show. it all and like I'm reading about this stuff like scientifically and like, mm -hmm. okay, cool. Like if this is called Flow State, let's figure, like, let me just deep dive. Yeah. Um, I see what you did there. It was smart. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I put it on and I was just listening to the song and I was like, oh my God, this like put me in like a whole different headspace mm -hmm. and I was playing ironically we had like my friends were over and then we had a couple beers and then everyone had left mm -hmm. and then i was like oh my god i just put on that album again and i was just kind of that perfect level of just like not like not caring enough but also in a creative mind mm -hmm. that something just came out yeah and i don't know where it came from and i was just like whoa i love that music can evoke <laughs> that in you. it was yeah. so weird i'm like i've never actually had that like weird like channeling kind of like feeling yeah. where you just something just comes through you mm. because of listening to something and just kind of being in that right headspace but it was really interesting and it's all it's live on the website i can't remember the name of that blog right now but i'll have to tell you after Please. we're done so, yeah. so you can read it because it's like a poem it's weird I I would love to read it. Now I'm super curious, especially knowing what had fueled it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, it's funny that you like, I don't know. I, I think I will listen to like a playlist sometimes, but I, I absolutely love listening to a record all the way through because it, it's intended to be listened to that way. And I it takes you stuff. on a journey. And sometimes it, I'll, 
like find my, it's weird when it happens, but it happens a lot. Like I'll start a painting at the beginning of a record and like mm -hmm. by the end of the record, I'm somehow done with the painting. Whoa. <laughs> it's kind of weird and it's not intentional, but it happens a lot. And it's a really cool, like that's really fun. feeling. <laughs> yeah. That's like, it's like taking a journey. It is. That's they took so... me on a journey and I finished my painting in that time. That's so cool. <laughs> it is I've cool. never heard of that before. That's awesome. Yeah. This is so neat. It's <laughs> like, yeah, I like just made this thing while I listened to this thing. Yep. And there's like, you know, sometimes when I'm done with one painting, like I'll move on to that another. That should be a selling point. Just right. like, you should put that like, you should like write little stories. Like I wrote, like I painted this. Yeah. Like, I always wonder if people would be interested That would be in so cool. Like, like I love the story. Like if you, if you give me the nuance of yeah. something, like why is this, this thing exist? Mm, like, be that's it, helpful. Be it like a supplement even. Like why did someone decide to go create this supplement? Like yeah. once I find like that person's story, like who's the CEO and why did he decide to like, you know, do this thing? When you usually unpack the story, usually it has a deeper meaning behind mm -hmm. it. It's like, oh yeah, I want to do this because like my health was deteriorating and I saw my family members' health yeah. deteriorating. Like even for your art, like when you can, when you can add a little layer to it where you say, oh, I was listening to this album or I was feeling mm -hmm. such and such a way while I created this thing, yeah. then someone else can add more to it by going and listening to that album. Right. While, if they have that Experiencing that painting. Yeah. yeah, that's really interesting. You know, some it's it's hard to gauge like what type of information people want or not, or like what's yeah. oversharing or not, but <laughs> I really like that idea. I do. I think it's cool. I, yeah, for I me, do too. I, I enjoy depth in, yeah, in general. Yeah, me like, too. Okay, kind of like piggybacking off of that. I'm not trying to like, pitch my stuff, but <laughs> building off of that. So I, I started off like just doing art on canvas mm -hmm. and have like, you know, expanded to other things like jewelry and coasters and whatnot. Yep. The jewelry though, <clears throat> some of it is just like painted on the spot. Like I'll have an idea in mind and I'll do it. But with this like uh, painting style, like on the canvases, sometimes there's like runoff paint, like mm -hmm. paint will drip off of the canvas and like onto the table surface. And I have plastic down. And if you let the paint dry, you can peel it up. Mm -hmm. So sometimes like that paint that drips off will like turn out really beautifully. Yeah. And then I can like shape it to the jewelry and make like a ring or a necklace out of it. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> so sometimes people will be like looking at a painting and then like looking at jewelry and I'll be like, actually like this ring came as a result of like this canvas. See, there you go. Perfect. More story. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And some people like love that and really do respond well to that. So I think it's cool. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, because again, you're, you're not being wasteful again. Exactly. Like you're, you're taking, oh my gosh, yeah. You're taking what could be considered accidental and wasteful, mm -hmm. right? And using it for other things, right? Like yeah. just another outlet to express and, you know, make use of something yeah. regard as regardless of whether or not, you know. That was something that had really bothered me about this painting style when I had started was that it did seem like there was a lot of waste mm -hmm. and I am really grateful that I have learned how to navigate that better to the point where I would say like 90% of the paint that is intended to go on the canvas truly does or is used wow. in another way. That's if pretty not, good. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so if the paint doesn't get used for jewelry, I, I save it. I don't know what I'm gonna do with it yet or like what, but I have like a collection of like the drip off paint. Yeah. I don't know if maybe I'll just like find a way to like 
glue it to like a canvas one day and like make a giant like weird piece out I was of all say, the drift. Maybe you can make sculptures or something. Yeah, you melt something. it back down or something. And- I'm not sure. Yeah, there, there's this art. There's this artist that I really like who does a very similar style of painting, and she has kids. And mm. she went in her daughter's room one day and found like a giant ball, like the size of like a softball or maybe larger, of her paint drippings that her daughter was stealing from her and like making her own thing. And I just thought that was so that's adorable. adorable. <laughs> and it was also inspiring because I was like, yeah, I really should be saving this paint and like doing something with it. But also, how cute. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, but also, that's adorable. Yeah, going back to that. Absolutely adorable. <laughs> that's hilarious. Like, that's so crazy. Like, mm-hmm. I guess it really shows true that, that you know, one's man trash is another mm-hmm. person's treasure kind of yeah. thing. Like, just because you think it's garbage doesn't mean it isn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, or doesn't mean it is, rather, I guess. I hope yeah. that's what you meant. I, I was like, wait a minute. I'm like, why did I say isn't there? <laughs> Tongue-tied. Yeah. It's been a long day. You yeah. know? <laughs> Seriously. But, yeah, it's it's really cool to, to just see the evolution of what you've been doing. Like, for me, for the longest time, it's been, like, outsider looking in, like, you know, through the singular lens of, of Instagram. And yeah. it's hard to really gauge, like, because you see so many people and it's easy to be cynical, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's really hard to gauge, like, does someone just really, does someone just care or are they just being overly enthusiastic and selling themselves? Yeah. Which is, I, I don't know, maybe that's just a symptom of our times where people just... No, truly. Er, edge on the, it's a, an edge, epidemic and it's sad. <laughs> edge on this edge of cynicism more than anything rather than thinking someone's authentic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's real. But I try, like, I pride myself on not being one of those people. And mm-hmm. and the people that I surround myself with aren't either. I mean, I guess it goes to show that I reached out. To, yeah. That I thought at least something, there was something more in-depth to talk about Absolutely. than just like, oh, yeah, I just do this art for fun, shrug. Yeah, no. <laughs> Fashion is contagious. And like, people pick up on that, you know? Yeah. And, like, I love, I love, like, having social media as a tool. You know, I do mm-hmm. I try to use it as a tool. It's connected me with a lot of really interesting people and it has helped me make a lot of sales and yeah, things right. like that, you know? It's just a cool way to like showcase my work. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, yeah, you know, you do get caught up with like the people who maybe aren't using it for the right reasons. Yeah. But I just try to put all that aside and do You just avoid those best. people or just yeah. pretend they don't exist and exactly. just put and your just head down. Keep chugging along, <laughs> you know? If someone's skeptical about like, me or my work like I just hope that they'll figure it out eventually mm-hmm. and if they don't maybe they weren't supposed to <laughs> yeah so going back to like social media too is the, one of the cool stories you had was the table you mm-hmm. picked up from the alley and you've like <laughs> slowly been showing your process to yeah. turning this into your own little table and I saw it when we were, like, you showed me oh, around yeah, yeah. and I would, just, like unpack that story I think it's really cool yeah <laughs> so living in Chicago like the around like the beginning or slash end of each month a lot of people will move and so things that they can't take with them they'll just leave in the alleys Mm -hmm. and like the things that you think that other people will want it's common courtesy to just leave it outside of the dumpster next to it so honestly like around that time of like month if I'm like looking for something in particular like I'll just take walks down alleys and see if I can find things or sometimes you have a common theme of reusing people's things they don't want even your own things you don't yeah I like I like recycling I think it's interesting in that sense like upcycling I guess is the better way Mm -hmm. to put it so anyways I was riding my bike home one day and saw this table and I really liked it so I went and put my bike away and then walked back over brought it home and it was like truly not in the best shape you could tell that someone was using it as like an outdoor table so it was like a little bit warped and there was just like dirt 
on it, <laughs> like like actual like dirt that you could tell it came out of like a planter. So anyways, I stripped all of the paint off of it with like a sander. Sanding inside of a home is oh my God. I recommend. <laughs> Learn that one the hard way. But yeah, it was just like kind of a challenging process, but essentially like I stripped off all of the paint, took some parts of the table apart and like tightened up other areas that needed to be like fixed up mm -hmm. and essentially just turned the table into my own piece of art. <laughs> and it was really fun. It was a long process. Your first restoration fun. project. Yeah, and <laughs> we have a storage unit downstairs and there are three other tables down there ready for me to work on. <laughs> so I want to keep this going. I just, I hope that maybe I can do this quicker than the last one because that did take me a while. It's always the first one that takes the longest. Yeah, that's you know? true. <laughs> a lot of it was just like processing it and like wondering like, what should I do now? Like, I don't know anything about furniture, but I've gotten like tips from like people who do, who people have given me tips as to like what mm -hmm. to finish like the tabletop with and stuff like that. So yeah. I'm grateful for that. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, for me, it's like, it's like a lot of times it looks like you're doing nothing productive, but it's a lot of it's just thinking and scratching your head. Yeah, like, hmm, exactly. How do I figure this out? <laughs> yeah. And sometimes I'll just like walk into like, I don't know, like you said, like one man's trash is another's treasure. And I... It makes you think more creatively instead of just like walking into like a craft store and grabbing canvases. Mm -hmm. Like I like walking through like a thrift store and being like, what can I turn into a piece of art? Like what can I paint on? And I found some like interesting little things over the years. And those are some of my favorite pieces because they're so unique in comparison <laughs> to say, everything else. Thinking outside of the box. Yeah, I also helpful. love functional art, you know, like something Ooh. that you can actually use instead of okay. just like hanging on a wall. Not that I don't like that too. So it so if you had like reaching far future, like what would be like the pinnacle of functional art for you? Ooh, the pinnacle. I would love to do- Or like the thing you'd like be like, yes, that's yeah, I made it. I would really like to have my art on like countertops. Like uh, it can oh, be done cool. on countertops and floors. Mm -hmm. I have the tools to do it now. I just don't have anyone brave enough to lend me their <laughs> countertops. But hey, if you want to lend me them, let me know. First time ever. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but yeah. But not really. <laughs> no, but really, I, re I would really like to do that one day. <laughs> I think it would be That'd really be cool. That'd be super cool. Can yeah. you imagine one day, like instead of like someone gets a marble countertop, they get like a finished countertop yeah. that you, like maybe you don't even have, like you just buy the countertop from you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it would, and you know, I could do like more neutral colors to make it look like it's marble or whatever, but exactly. I want someone to want like something kind of crazy, you know? Like I want like- I feel like you could easily, you could get away with it somewhere, <laughs> yeah. like a bar, like a home yeah. bar or something oh like that. Oh my gosh, I would love that to do like, a bar top somewhere and even like I can paint other things too like I would love to do like the sides just ooh that would be cool I would like that idea <laughs> just I giving like you more idea. and more ideas to, yeah. to explore yeah but yeah I also really like I want I kind of dips my toes in the pond of like painting murals this year too mm -hmm. and I really yeah I saw some of those on, on Instagram yeah, as well there's just one but I kind of want to keep expanding on that mm -hmm. I have like some blank walls in my studio that I kind of want to make into a project start like maybe having a rotating mural just like when I get oh. bored of it kind of put it you know make a new one to start building up a portfolio but it's tricky to find your style that way because it's so much different than working on like a 12 by 12 space yeah. as opposed to like a wall like things translate yeah. differently you have to go <laughs> like about it differently of, like space to yeah. work <laughs> so it's just interesting like I'm still trying to find my style with that but once I'm if I 
No. Once I'm to the point where I'm doing that <laughs> regularly, that's how I'll know I've made it. <laughs> it's, it's weird. Like like you're saying style, right? Mm-hmm. Style is not something you find until you do something long enough and exactly. you see the pattern that you have for yourself. Yeah. yeah it's true. <laughs> it's like for me, this podcast, like people ask me like, so what do you talk about? I'm like, hmm, where do I start? <laughs> yeah. What don't I talk about? I'm like, I'm like it's a little bit of everything. Yeah. <laughs> and then it just kind of turns into a story. I'm assuming you, like that's what, when talking about your art, it just turns into a story yeah. most of the time. No, it truly does. <laughs> it's like, where can I even start? There's been so much leading up to this It's point. like, so let me take you back. Yeah. <laughs> like, do you have some time? Because I'm going to be here yeah. <laughs> a while. <laughs> like, God, we're trapped on this train together right now. Yeah. <laughs> we're <at> the CTA. <laughs> <laughs> the, the creatives, the creatives paradise and nightmare at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny. So for the, from there, we can go, you know, instead of laughing for mics, it's not a very good thing. We talked about some unusual habits, like your, your hula hooping. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you have any, any other, like, physical routines? Because, like, it, it seems like you have a really well-rounded routine in sense of, like, trying to, you know, being, like, recycling like, with your artwork mm-hmm. and things like that. I'm curious if you have any other, like, you know, just overall wellness. Because, like, around here, there's just, like you said, the light, too. One thing I noticed <laughs> is it's not blue light Mm -hmm. it's like no blue light Mm -hmm. that's really (laughs) not many places (laughs) that's essential yeah yeah wellness is just as imperative to i would say the lifestyle in this house as creativity is you know when there are days that we're both home creating we will try to have like moments where we'll you know do some yoga and like meditate together i like doing that because then it just sets the entire mood of the whole house in Mm -hmm. you know the right mindset i'll do that by myself as well like if i feel like i'm having a hard time getting into the creative frame of mind you know i will i'll meditate or do yoga i think i i say those two together because i do feel like (laughs) They kind of go related. They go they hand, go in, hand hand. in hand. I, I kind of would say that like meditation is like introspective, whereas mm-hmm. yoga is more of like calming. Yeah. Right now, <laughs> but I do feel like it can bring you to that sp- that place of introspection oh, yeah. as well. Yeah, those are two really important things. I also like. I know these are like smaller, kind of weird, but like just anything that impacts the senses is something that I try to like cover before mm-hmm. I will dive into something product or something like productive or creative. Mm-hmm. So like obviously like I said, setting the lights is important. Like sense of smell is really important too. Wow. Like I like using like incense and essential oils as well. Candles too, like I don't know. Like I'll make it look romantic for myself in my studio because like, why not? You know? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. You're like, I'm gonna feel some type of way yeah. while I'm making something. Why not? <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> um, what else? I don't. I'm that's not so, sure. That's so yeah. good. Yeah. I don't know how many people actually go like that many layers to be like, yeah, yeah I got to get this just right. I like will. it's gotta be. Yeah. Oh, obviously, you can see how many freaking plants there are in this. Yeah, house. there's a lot of green. I try to have a plant within like. I read a study. It was like so you're supposed to have it within like every ten feet. We have like every ten inches. I think. <laughs> I was gonna say I'm like just scanning the room right now, and there's like like even in my own vision, there's one, two, three, like four, five, like without turning around, yeah. <laughs> and a different kinds too. It's yeah. not like they're all the same one. Exactly. And they're also in reused coffee cans. It looks like. Or- <laughs> 
<laughs> more reusing. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, they should be using you for eco-friendly. Like yeah, yeah. this, this is how you. <laughs> this is how you do. You know the green like. Per- <laughs> It's not I like buying the new fancy things. It's about just looking around and be like, hey, how do I reuse this a different way? To make the most out of it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But yeah, plants are important. You spend a lot of time inside as mm-hmm. an artist. So like you try to find ways to bring the outside in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's really true. I mean, for me too, it's like when I would work out, cause like I, I work at a lab and there's machines going off. It's mm-hmm. all gray and it's mm-hmm. like everything sounds like machine sounds. Like you're like compressed air going off oh, and nice, everything yeah. is like all monotone or monochrome kind of like metals and concrete stuff like that. Very industrial. And when I would, especially in the summertime, I would make sure to run at a local uh, nature preserve. Yeah. And so I'm yeah. like out in nature and like it's not sidewalk or asphalt. It's actually mm-hmm. like dirt ground. It's uh, Spring Valley Nature Center. Oh, yeah. I so love it. Though. I would just do <laughs> laps around there. That's and I really would just, cool. You know, it's as close to nature and like hiking as we can get yeah. in, in the suburbs <laughs> yeah. without going somewhere that's much farther away. No, it's so true. Like as a creative in Chicago, the, I, I live in Uptown. It's not necessarily like the hub of creativity. Mm-hmm. However... I, the one, the only reason that I won't move to one of the more creative neighborhoods in Chicago is because of my proximity to the lake. Mm-hmm. I have to have nature within arm's reach. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> is it something about water or is it just the All nature, of it. Like just the parks and stuff like that? There's a huge park by the lake that I live, or by the lake. It's the same lake in the whole city. <laughs> <laughs> the part of the lake that I live by has one of the biggest green spaces in Chicago. Oh, okay, cool. And I absolutely love what that. What park is that? Because I'm sure it's, someone will be curious. Yeah, it's called Montrose Beach. Okay. Um, and it's gorgeous if you've never been. There's like parts of it that are preserved by the Great Lakes Society. There's like oh, a bird cool. sanctuary, a butterfly sanctuary. You can just like get lost over there for hours. And they have a dog park. So like sometimes... So you just have dogs yes. running around? Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's like a five minute bike ride for me to get over there when I'm stuck in the summer. I'm in the winter set, like mindset right now. So Same. I didn't really think about this. But like in the summer when I'm stuck, I will just like take a break and go to the lake and like watch dogs play or just like walk around and that's just major for me I just, yeah that's super cool i love living over there <laughs> that's oh. awesome just being able to mental reset with nature and getting yeah. out and seeing something else moving because mm-hmm. i think it's really important especially as like a creative where you're kind of at the edge a lot of times where it's like you're channeling emotions and you're stuck yeah. you know so like depending on where where you're at in a different project, it can kind of drag you down. Yeah. I'm oh assuming. my gosh, can I tell a weird story? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> this is kind of embarrassing, but you know what? We're on like this frame of whatever. So um, <laughs> I was working in the studio for like 12 or 13 hours straight one day, mm-hmm. which is like longer than I will usually push myself for. And yeah. I like didn't even. I took a break to eat, but I like ate in my studio like while I was working on stuff. Like it was like one of those days. I was just in it. And I had like three days like that in a row where I just like was really going through something, like really had to like work on these paintings. Mm -hmm. And I didn't like get enough sleep or something one of the Mm -hmm. nights because I was up really late. And I went to bed after only having had like four or five hours the night before, which is terrible for you. I don't do that ever (laughs) and i woke up in the middle of the night having like a like a like 
a night terror, which like wow. it never happens to me. But I think just like pushing myself like artistically and then like mm-hmm. not sleeping enough, like really did something to my brain and my body was like, whoa, yeah, <laughs> it was wild. So like I scared the crap out of my boyfriend because I woke up in the middle of the night just screaming and yeah. he's like, is everything okay? And I was like, what are you talking about? I had no idea it was happening. Like, really? Yeah, there, I, there was no dream. It was literally just like me screaming. <laughs> Whoa! It was so weird. I don't know. That's nuts. I don't know why it happened, but like it happened. And hey, it happens. Like when you're just stressed out and like pushing yourself. Yeah, exactly. And I, I don't even know if I was stressed. I think it was just like, I don't know. Like I said, a lot of introspection happens when I'm creating. Yeah. And I think I just unlocked something. It was probably for the better. I think it was for the better. <laughs> I mean, it, <laughs> as weird as it sounds, it's it's through pain that we learn about ourselves. Yeah, you exactly. Because <laughs> like, when I was doing my senior design project, I would do like these ridiculous days and like you know when crunch time hits and the project needs to get done yeah. like that for like that final week i remember working on stuff you know i'd work my normal eight hours mm-hmm. and i remember my longest day i worked from like 8 30 or 8 all the way until 9 p.m yeah <laughs> and i was like this project is going to you know work and mm-hmm. be as good as it can be you know before you know for the presentation you know, I'll die before it's not done, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I just put in these ridiculous hours. And I remember, like, leaving at 9 and be like, I just need to go chill. Mm-hmm. Which is a terrible idea, too, like, when I'm already stressed out. So yeah. I, like, went and chilled and grabbed one beer. Mm-hmm. And that just put me in this really weird negative headspace. Yeah. Just, like, some weird negative introspection. And I wound up going to sleep that day with just some weird little ghosts hanging around me. And it was, like, woke up in the morning. I'm like okay, got to be careful about how stressed I am when it comes to like, you know, working through stuff and then turning to like alcohol or just even one, it was just like one, not even anything crazy beer, just like some craft beer. And it was just like, whoa, hello, Mm -hmm. here's some demons coming to knock on the door. And it's not like I'm diagnosed with depression or anything like that, but it was still like, okay, gonna have to not- Not do that. Yeah, not do that. (laughs) Like pay attention to how you feel because like even if you want to de-stress, sometimes Mm -hmm. doing something like that is not the way to go about it. It's like so- it just feels like a like a no brainer, like a good thing to do, but it, it's not always yeah. the best thing. Well, because that's kind of what society has mm-hmm. trained us to think is yeah, what we you know, do. <laughs> the sitcoms. The dad gets off work, he has a really shitty day, goes to the bar. Yeah, it's all good. That you yeah, know, like, like it's just a long day. Is. But like it's the weird thing though is like I did that by myself. Like I just yeah. visited my friend at work. So mm-hmm. there's the difference, right? Yeah. So it's like if you go with your friends, you have a different headspace about yeah about what you're doing. You know, because it's about social connection and right, spending right. time with people. I can, I sometimes, I just last week, <laughs> ironically, I, I was working in a coffee shop all day, like doing some stuff and the coffee mm-hmm. shop closed at seven and I was like, crap, like I want to keep like working on stuff. And I was like, but there's no more coffee shops that are open. And I was like, I'm just going to go get a beer and like keep working on yeah. stuff. And I did. And essentially like I ordered food and the the spot that I was sitting at, like didn't have enough room for it. Mm-hmm. So the bartender was like, you can come sit by the bar so I did and I was just like by myself minding my business like I don't mind hanging out by myself like I I like going out and like doing things that you maybe shouldn't do by yourself like getting a beer I don't know but anyways this like really great like older gentleman was sitting next to me and he just like immediately started talking and like sometimes I'm not like necessarily in the mood for that but it wound up being like a very positive conversation Mm -hmm. and we were like talking about like art and music and meditation and all of these things. And it was just like exactly what I needed, but didn't know that I needed. (laughs) 
and it just like came from I don't know just me like thinking I was gonna be spending time by myself all day mm -hmm. you know so I just somehow opened myself up to that and it wound up being really rewarding yeah I, yeah. I resonate with that that's so true like just yeah. you never know who you're gonna run into and yeah. just have a quick little conversation even if you're never gonna talk to that person again exactly yeah that's really neat yeah I wouldn't yeah, I mean, bars have this weird little connotation where it's like, you should be going with other people. Yeah, I you agree. Know? I think it depends on the bar, too, yeah. though, you know? I think if it's a smaller, like, a little hole in the wall, yeah. like, craft brew, microbrew kind exactly. of thing. Then it's probably a little bit more okay, because it's there for the experience, and you're going to talk to the bartender about exactly. the beers or something, but, like, yeah, like, yeah. average sports bar or something like that. No, I would never go. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I do have, like, this weird affinity now with, like, going to little coffee shops mm -hmm. and, like, kind of, like, the, the, the local little public yeah. places, like, because, I don't know, there's something about the atmosphere and the environments mm -hmm. that just lend itself to being a little bit more productive. Yeah, and, like, also, like, most people are there by themselves, too, so you don't mm -hmm. feel as weird about... It feels like, honestly, the adult version of going to, like, study hall or something. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> that's, like, oh weird. My God, it's so I've true. never said that out loud before, no, but, like, that's, like, really what it feels like. It's just a room of productivity and, like, silence, and it's nice. Yeah, <laughs> like, nobody's going to be loud and obnoxious yeah, or whatever. They shouldn't be. Probably not. I'm, gonna, I'm like, yeah. I'm like caveat there, maybe somewhere else, mm -hmm. like, through the stories. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's weird. It's a weird little paradigm to find, especially, I don't know, it's, it's like this people who create their own things it's like you need to kind of get out of your own house sometimes mm -hmm. like you can only be so productive sometimes where yeah. you're just like i just need to see something different than the same four walls right no absolutely <laughs> and like i think i have gotten really good at like using this space to be productive mm -hmm. but sometimes i just want to change the scenery or like i just want a cup of coffee that i can't make at home you yeah. know what i mean like i don't have an espresso maker <laughs> right yeah i mean like for me like i like with the change in temperature it's yeah. been like go to the gym go to work mm -hmm. come home don't really do much else except mm -hmm. maybe go get food somewhere but that's kind of usually to go yeah and so i'm like man i'm not really doing anything but like in the summertime i was going like all over the place to all these different things and i'm yeah. like what a different change of scenery so like doing this today i'm like okay cool so many different new yeah. places and talking to things or just exploring a little bit is this a really nice little jump start like it's obviously not something you do all the time but no absolutely there was actually this book that someone had gifted to me a couple of years ago that I swear by. I have yet to complete it, but it's something that I always go back to because mm -hmm. it's like a workbook, essentially. Oh, that's cool. It's called The Artist's Way, and basically it... I cannot remember the author's name right now, but it's really great. We can Google it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a yellow and red book. I don't know. Anyways. <laughs> it's called The Artist's Way, and it's all about like fostering creativity, even if you don't think that you are creative. Mm -hmm. So it's, it, there's all these like success stories about like lawyers turned musicians and things like that. And it gives you all of these different things to like work through to find your creative process. Mm -hmm. And there are like the guidelines of the book are like these things that they say like are non, like you can't, there's no compromise. You have to do them. Mm -hmm. And honestly, like I've worked all of them. There were some of them that I had done without knowing that it was like part of this process. Oh, that's cool. And that there are some that I will forever do now because of this book. And like the two main things that they talk about are journaling in this like style that's called morning pages and oh, then yeah um, i've heard of that yeah yeah and then like self date like taking yourself out on dates essentially mm. artist dates is what they call it and so i don't know if you've ever talked about it on the show or if you're familiar with it but like the morning pages thing uh, i don't think we've talked about it specifically i've talked about it in offline but yeah, go yeah ahead and it's amazing and i think everybody should do it regardless of who you are or what you do but it's like anytime you're sitting down to do something and you feel like blocked you're supposed to sit down write 
three pages about just whatever comes to mind. It could literally be you writing, saying, I don't know what to write about. It could be you complaining about the weather, just like whatever you have to do to get to the three pages. And essentially it's unpacking everything that's blocking you from where you need to be. And it's just, it's really done a lot for me and it's really helped me like work through some stuff. And there's like success stories that they talk about in the book about like people writing entire books that way. Like they will like sit down to do this and just start like, writing a novel like it's wild but anyways that's a big one but the reason why I started talking about it was because of the artist dates it encourages you one day a week to go to take yourself out on a date essentially to do something that you wouldn't normally do whether it's like going to a museum or like going to like a store that you've always wanted to go to Mm -hmm. taking yourself out to eat but it's essentially just like getting used to spending time by yourself because like a lot of the creative process like if it's not something like music or you know other things that revolve around like community to work it's you by yourself so you have to just get used to it and get comfortable to spending that time so it really I've always been someone who's been I was an only child for a long time and I feel like I naturally am pretty comfortable with spending time by myself and doing things that people wouldn't normally do by myself (laughs) but this just like kind of took it a step further and made me be more fearless with it and it's just I don't know put me into some like really interesting scenarios and has I've gone and done things that other people didn't want to do with me before mm-hmm. or, you know, you just don't have to wait on anyone. You <laughs> you set out to do what you're going to do and then you go do it. And it's mm-hmm. awesome. And yeah, I really recommend that book. It's really taught me a That's lot. Cool. And one day I will finish it. But for what it's worth, I've already taken. <laughs> hey, a I mean, lot you've done it. a lot more than most people do with books. You yeah. Know? You, you've <laughs> yeah. applied something you read. A lot of times yeah. people just read something and don't do anything with it. Mm-hmm. Um, any other books? Like, this is a perfect time to continue yeah. with this. <laughs> yeah. wanted to talk about Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a huge one for me. I Like I said, I have never. I haven't finished it yet, but it's something that I always, always go back to. Mm -hmm. If I'm not reading something along the lines of that, that is like, I don't want to use the word like self-help, but Mm -hmm. like, you know, like something that teaches you to change your perspective or to change your frame of mind. Like I love a good book like that. Mm -hmm. I really like reading like a good memoir or, or I love like fiction, (laughs) honestly. Sometimes I just, you know, you get so caught up in your day-to-day life and it's nice to just take yourself out of that and like put yourself in like another world. A book that I read last year that I, or no, it was early, it was at the beginning of this year that I really enjoyed was called Invisible Monsters by Chuck Palahniuk. And just, he's such an interesting He's he's a weird writer. Exactly. He's just a weird writer. So just like seeing someone take such an abstract approach to writing in and of itself was like so inspiring. He's he's also for those for for context, he's also wrote Fight Club. Yeah. Oh duh. Yeah. Yeah. So so for those who who don't know who that is, because his last name is strange. Yeah. So yeah, just for context because most people know what Fight Club is. Right. He's just has the most interesting style of writing and that was like just inspiring and also hooked. I enjoy his stories because he's he takes something that's usually like dark or weird, and, and it's such it, a weird twist. And he right? means and he means the opposite. Yeah. By by making it dark. Exactly. If that makes sense. No, absolutely. <laughs> it's just weird, and I like it, and I'm so intrigued by his writing style. I just can't get enough. <laughs> um, so that, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. But I also like reading. I'll explain that. In a okay. <laughs> I also really like reading a book that was written 
like a memoir. I, I just like hearing about mm-hmm. like people's creative processes or just processes yeah. in general and like why they do what they do and how they got to be where they are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. The lights changed because Trevor's home. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which we have it set so that once it, you're picked up in the Wi-Fi, the lights will turn on or off. Oh, that's but interesting. It, but it's regardless of if someone is home or not. So this is like his home setting. I don't know. That's we have, interesting. We haven't really fully... Figured, figured out, out how, how that works. Work it yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyways, yeah, I love a good memoir. I love just like getting an mm-hmm. insight into why someone is the way that they are. Yeah. <laughs> I think it takes a lot of like guts to write a book about yourself and your life. And I think it's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. Because you might have to do a lot more deep work about yourself. Than exactly. Else. No, truly. It's like you not like necessarily you don't compare yourself to the other person, but you can't help but notice some of the parallels sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So if like for a closing question, because we're actually just yeah. over an hour, time flies when you're having fun, apparently. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> like I didn't even realize how it was going. Like anything else either, let's see. The, oh, the one I told you about for the 2019, you know, like what went well? Like mm. what would you say you like surprised yourself with? And then like, what do you keep? I mean, I feel like that was been this entire conversation to some degree or another, but yeah, if there's anything that stands out to you. About 2019? Mm -hmm. Just like a little reflection on the year. Yeah, being, uh, I mean, it's been kind of a common theme since I've really started being serious about my art within Mm -hmm. the past like two years. But this year especially was just putting myself out there and like fearlessly and not being afraid of like the outcome. Just like not being afraid of like asking for things. And I know that we had talked about this earlier, but just... For example, there was an art show that I really like wanted to be a part of and was like really intrigued by. I thought the artist that hosted it is really interesting. I looked up to him a lot. Mm-hmm. I just reached out and was like, hey, if you are ever looking for more artists, like I would love to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Like a couple shows had gone by before, you know, and I was like, yeah. okay, you know, like I tried, it's fine. But then like I wound up getting put on the roster of artists what? and it was like huge and yeah. I was just kind of like surrounded by a bunch of artists that I looked up to. I was a little bit out of my comfort zone, but it just felt good knowing that like I got there because I tried to get there, you know? And it's just been like kind of a year of like little situations like that where it might not be, I might be a little bit in over my head, but I still give it my best shot anyways. Someone reached out to me about painting my first wall this year and I had never painted a mural before, but I went and painted like, I want to, I don't even know how big the wall is, but a whole whole part of a hallway in an elementary school. And I didn't really know what I was doing. You know, I drew out some sketches. They gave me the supplies, which like weren't the best supplies, but I had supplies and, you know, I just did it. (laughs) And I'm like pretty proud of how it turned out. And I feel like that was like really kind of reflective of the way that the year has gone. Just like maybe not having all of, the tools that I need, but making the most out of it and like doing my best and just advancing. I don't know. It's been a year of growth and I'm kind of having a hard time articulating it right now, but I'm really proud of where I am now in comparison to where I was when the year started. I feel like I'm a lot more organized and I'm already like trying to plan shows for 2020 and that feels really good. I like it. I don't know. I feel like I was just kind of like a fish out of water. Like, <laughs> like where's the show that I can do? Like, I wasn't like doing like the true yeah. research for it. But this year I like sat down and made a whole list, like applied and feels good. That's awesome. <laughs> feels I good. mean, I don't think you could end this podcast in any better way for, as a round one because I yeah. guarantee we, we could be here for all. Yeah. <laughs> so much more to impact. 
I guess any other things like where where can people find you or connect with you? You know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you can find me on social media or at my website. My name on social media is well, my my name first of all is Brit Parla, but my my tag on on Instagram is Brit. Parlart. So essentially just add RT onto Parla. <laughs> and then my website is BritParlart.com. Yeah, I hope Sweet. Yeah, I hope some people will reach out and yeah, I'd like to talk with anyone that has any questions about what I do awesome. that I haven't answered. <laughs> yeah. I mean there's a lot to impact here, but it's mostly we'll just direct people to check out your stuff mm-hmm. and you can send me anything you want me to put up on the website, webpage and things like that. Cool. Sweet. I want to take a quick second and talk about how you can support our show. I believe this is the most honest way that I can connect with you, the listener, and put it in front of everyone. You can support our show for as little as 99 cents a month. We release four podcasts a month, all at an average length of about an hour. That means you are supporting us at just 25 cents an hour. That's that's cheaper than the dollar menu. I think it's safe to say that we provide more value than that. And if you learn anything from our content, please consider becoming a supporter today with the link in the description of any episode or on the website at feedingcuriosity.net. And with that, thanks for listening and please enjoy the show. You just listened to an episode of Feeding Curiosity. Thank you all for listening and tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a like, subscribe, go check out the website over at feedingcuriosity.net and all the other things that we're doing there. And once again, thank you all for tuning in and we will see you in the next episode.